Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to the podcast. After a brief hiatus, Building Brewers is back, and uh, not to brag, better than ever. While the content of the podcast has always, in, in my opinion, been great, the audio quality was kind of lacking, and, and I've admitted that every step of the way. Recently, I decided to invest in myself and invest in the podcast, so I have a, a new Zoom H5 with a couple of Audio-Technica microphones that improve the interviews by sevenfold. Now, that, that being said, I still appreciate the work that I've, I've done leading up to this point and the support from all the breweries and the individuals who have been a part of this project so far. That being said, I can't promise I won't be awkward anymore. That's probably still going to happen quite a bit. So today I'm speaking with two new Kentucky organizations, one based in Louisville and one based right outside of Louisville. Veering Creek Farm, a new hop farm and potential winery in Oldham County, Kentucky, and then Holsopple Brewing, a new brewery on the east end of Louisville that is backed by the owner's decade of beverage industry experience. Before we get to that, please go ahead and, and like the Building Brewery's Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter, at MolarMD, and to do these things, you can stay up to date as we go full speed into phase two of Building Breweries. I am happy to be joined by Pernavir at Veering Creek Farm in Oldham County, Kentucky. Uh, Veering Creek Farm is the newest and largest hop farm in Kentucky, but I say hop farm, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, Perna, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Well, uh, the farm is about 90 acres uh, located uh, just outside Ballardsville um, in Smith, Smithfield, uh, and about uh, Two acres uh, we have uh, currently grapes that we planted uh, for a future wine production and uh, we have about five acres of hops that we planted last year uh, with uh, some additional plans for the future uh, uh, to expand both uh, grape uh, planting as well as uh, hops planting based on the demand and other things. Neat. Now, um I'm not. I'm not exactly sure of your background, but I do know that you are. You are uh, president of VSoft Consulting. It's an. It's an. It's an IT consulting firm. Is that yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you get into the the hop and uh, vineyard game? Well, uh, as a, a as a child, I was uh, involved in uh, helping my dad on the farm. Uh, so, uh, I'm always passionate about uh, growing things and see things grow. So that's how. Um, I wanted to own a farm for a long time that is close to home. That way I can go and, you know, take a look at it on a uh, regular basis. So I've been looking for a farm uh, for a while. And then uh, um, this farm came uh, for sale about a few years ago. And then um, I immediately liked it and then wanted to own uh, once uh, I bought the farm, I wanted to do something unique in the area. Um, so with uh, the craft brewery, uh, breweries growing, you know, coming in um, uh, at a rapid pace all around the country and with not much hops production happening in the regional local market, uh, I thought that that is something that I wanted to do. And uh, having heard that hops used to be grown in Kentucky before, um, I really wanted to get into and then um, do it in a big scale. And how many acres of hops do you have? Uh, currently, we planted about five acres. Uh, we have uh, some space for 
research um, because we wanted to test different types varieties and make sure that you know they grow well in Kentucky so uh, this year we found uh, majority of them uh, doing well and we have one or two varieties that we needed to um, change so overall five acres uh, is what we have and what kind are you growing currently we are growing uh, um, Cascade, um, Columbus, Chinook, and uh, Nugget. Uh, we have a couple of varieties, uh, Willamette and uh, Mount Hood, that are not doing that well. So we plan on um, replacing them with uh, some new uh, hops. And we also cater to local breweries and their interests and what they want to so we were talking to a couple of breweries and they would like to have some varieties that are not um, grown in kentucky so uh, we are doing a lot of experimentation that way yeah absolutely and that, and that was part of my question about the research involved and, and uh, clearly you've done some research on the different hop farms in kentucky do you know how many approximately that there are uh, there are quite a few i mean there are a lot of uh, small uh, hobby farms uh, uh, probably about 10 to 15 at the most uh, that are more uh, into commercial uh, capacity. In, in preparation for, you know, starting this venture of yours, did you consult any of those hop farms or did you go to other hop farms outside of states, um, you know, just do any independent research like that? Yes, uh, um, have done a lot of research online and also spoke with uh, some university extensions uh, where, where they have... Uh, some of this activity so and also attended a uh, hops growers uh, conference in Ohio um, two years ago and learned a lot from them and also talking to vendors of uh, these plants and uh, uh, other equipment that uh, they supply you know you learn a lot from having their experience and you know sharing that uh, sharing the ideas and best practices so did any of them stand out to you as, as an inspiration i mean what what was the biggest um what was the biggest nugget of information that you took from any of those meetings well um a general information you know talking to a brew uh, i mean hops uh, vendor in um, madison wisconsin for example ghost valley hops they supply hops plants and rhizomes and uh, they basically share a generic information that may not be pertinent to uh, local and regional um, farms here in Kentucky. But uh, there's a lot of information like as far as weed management and pest management that they can guide you through that we can um, uh, incorporate into our plans. Excellent. That was very helpful. Yeah, and, and uh, you gathered some other um you had other inspiration recently, I heard. You you recently hosted here at Bearing Creek the uh, Kentucky Hop Growers Alliance. You had a meeting here. You got to meet some of the locals, yes. uh, so to speak. How, how did that go? Can you talk about that? Yes, it was very helpful uh, meeting with other uh, growers in the uh, local market as far as their experiences in terms of, uh, you know, what varieties does well here and also... Uh, as far as how they manage their uh, farms uh, in terms of uh, managing the pests and managing uh, the weeds and uh, also 
type of fertilization that they use and things of things of that nature so it's very helpful uh, we learned some and we were able to contribute to them as far as what we are doing here and they were able to see our yard uh, firsthand and it was really exciting uh, conference i mean meeting I think that you'll find that pretty much everybody in this industry, whether they're people that, you know, grow hops or the people that brew the beer, it's all kind of a brotherhood. I mean, they're all competitors, but at the same time, yes. they're, they're, they're forming an alliance together just for the, you know, rising exactly. tide lifts all boats. Kind of yes. Thing. Yes. Uh, do you know how many approximately came to the meeting? Uh, we had about 10 uh, different uh, people, 10 different farmers come to the meeting. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, have you started selling your hops yet to any breweries? I mean, I know this is a, this is your first harvest, I guess I should say. That, yes. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So this year we did sell for, uh, our uh, hops to uh, about four breweries locally, uh, Apocalypse, uh, BBC, uh, Cumberland Brewery, and also Old Louisville Brewery. Oh, good. And uh, we have... Uh, spoken with a lot of other breweries it's just a matter of timing for our wet hops uh, this year we decided to just uh, focus on selling the wet hops and uh, we uh, will have some equipment next year that will allow us to dry them and also palletize them so a lot of breweries that we are talking to they are very interested in um, buying local uh, palletized hops that they can use year-round um, so we are looking forward to next year having that equipment and be able to supply to them uh, palletized hops that they can use in their equipment yeah long term yeah. what, what was the first brewery that uh, you know you reached out to or maybe reached out to you uh, it's uh, apocalypse, apocalypse brewery and you know we, we have been doing uh, um, lot of reaching out this year and uh, it's really encouraging to see how they would like to experiment just like what we do and uh, we it's it's a partnership it's a true partnership between the breweries and hops grower so um, we are talking to a few breweries that wants specific uh, varieties uh, to be grown locally and they want to brand it as a local grown and local uh, brewed yeah, beer, since so. since we're on the on the topic of breweries and everything, do you drink beer? Not much. <laughs> Not much. No. Okay, I, I was going to ask if you yeah. if you ever have gone to any of these breweries yet, because um, you know Apocalypse is a, is a really unique place. It's kind of an, an industrial mm-hmm. um, kind of park, mm-hmm. and uh, not an industrial park, but it's an industrial building and. In Old Louisville Brewery, it's it's kind of set in this you know Old Louisville Victorian place. So you, you're getting a lot of different yes. characteristics yes. of these breweries that are brewing beer with your hops. And I think that's kind of special to kind of see how it plays out, how, you know, it starts here and it branches off into these different, um, you know, personas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that being said, do you, do you have, um, you don't drink beer much. Do you, do you have a preference in what you like? Um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm not a big beer, beer, I mean, beer drinker, but, um, I, I have been to some breweries and have seen their setups and, um, uh, learned some things about you know what what uh, you know how how the process works and what what they do in terms of you know using the hops and bringing in different flavors and bitterness it's, uh, levels and it's all it's all about yeah. learning that's this is why I started this podcast is because I realized you know about a year ago that my knowledge base was very 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 limited and uh, 
I wanted to find out more. So I figured, yeah. you know, the best way to go do, do it was go talk to the people that are actually right. involved in the industry. So right. Right. I, I understand it's, it's definitely fun and to learn. And understanding that, that process is very important for us here as far as, you know, there's a lot of variables in hops and what they produce as a result. So we, <clears throat> we can tweak a lot of things on the field to produce certain grade and quality hops that will bring a unique flavor and uh, taste to the uh, the beer. So we are very focused on that aspect of uh, growing hops so that our uh, breweries locally can rely on quality of hops that we produce and uh, what they can expect from us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, you've started your first harvest. What challenges have you faced along the way? Uh, again, um, main challenge that we faced is it's, uh, you know, nobody that you can locally uh, go and uh, meet with uh, in terms of, you know, what exactly we need to do to start. So a lot of resources, especially for the level of operation that we have, um, it's unique and it, it, we, we don't have the same size of the uh, yard in Kentucky. So we had to talk to other growers in other uh, uh, communities that, uh, you know, is somewhat difficult. You can't see uh, unless, you know, you visit them, uh, which is like Madison, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. or, you know, Washington uh, State, uh, Portland, those areas. It's it's always uh, difficult to, uh, you know, imagine something that you see online or you receive through email or whatnot, so... Yeah, those those challenges in terms of, you know, how do we start the planting and, you know, trellising and things of that nature. It's It's been a challenge. Absolutely. Uh, Before we started uh, the interview, you gave me a, a brief tour of, of the, the, the hop field. Um, did I hear you right when you said that you this first harvest was not uh, due to any sort of irrigation at all? Yeah, we we did not put the irrigation system yet. Uh, we wanted to complete the trellis system. Uh, which we completed this year, as you have seen. Um, so next year we uh, have someone come in and put in the irrigation system. We are expanding our uh, source of water, uh, the ponds on, on the field. So that should give uh, plenty of uh, uh, water source. Um, this year, I mean, the rains, uh, the, the rain uh, was sufficient to, you know, uh, depend on. So we didn't have to. Uh, get the water with other other sources sure um so it sounds like you have a lot of plans for this farm so let's you know fast forward to the year you know 2021 20, five years from now where do you see the farm at what do you envision um i would see the the hops uh farm to be expanded uh as as we see the demand to be growing uh continuing to grow and uh, our goal is to uh, produce quality hops here in Kentucky and uh, service uh, local and regional market. Uh, we also have plans to open a winery on, on the farm um, next year, um, latest by 2018. Mm -hmm. So I uh, would like to expand our uh, grapes production as well so that we can use the grapes to produce the wine on site. Excellent. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful um, property. Have you ever thought about hosting events or anything? 
that is something that we are looking into um, once we have i mean it's definitely a unique site uh, having the largest hops yard and also uh, probably the first uh, winery in the county um, so it will be something that uh, uh, folks wants to come and enjoy their time so we are looking forward to um, making some plans to that effect awesome is it perna is there anything else that you'd like people to know about well uh i would like to say that you know like, like i said you know we are working very closely with the breweries to uh, know and understand what their needs are in terms of uh, what their customers are asking um, so we are focused on producing the hops that will bring that unique kentucky grown um, hops with uh, the flavors that our uh, their customers like so uh, just enjoy the beer from the breweries that we <laughs> supply the hops to <laughs> absolutely I'll be on the lookout uh, you know through social media people seem to share everything you, I saw Cumberland Brewery they they live or I live rather about you know a mile away from them and I've already seen them talk up your hops a little bit mm-hmm. with the beer that they're making so that's that's excellent yeah, yeah. I would uh, I'd like to add that you know maybe sometime in in 2017 I can come by again and, and see how the farm is progress is that going to be okay yes, yes of course anytime yeah and and also anybody that is enjoying our uh, you know the brew, brew that is uh, you know brewed by uh, using our hops you know welcome to come uh, see the hop how, where we go grow our hops and you know how we grow them so <laughs> <laughs> we are open to uh, anyone that wants to uh, take a visit absolutely perna thank you so much thank you very much michael take care thank you before we head over to Holesopple, I wanted to ask you folks for a favor. Through nearly 25 episodes now, Building Breweries has found some mild success in interviewing beverage industry leaders and political figures from, from Maui to Vermont about their passion and their communities. Um, surprisingly, it's gained worldwide listeners. Most interviews were recorded over the phone at first with a very basic podcasting setup with like a blue Yeti microphone and, and a speakerphone. Um, you'd laugh if you saw. Uh, with some interviews being conducted on location and in person. While I prefer to conduct interviews in person, traveling does require some startup funds that are just frankly currently not available. With your help, I can promise to travel to your favorite breweries to bring you the content that you want. Building breweries will always be free, but you know, with your support, the quality of um, the locations will only improve. So please, if you enjoy building breweries um, and just want to help contribute a little bit, please visit my GoFundMe page, www.gofundme.com slash buildingbreweries. Even a dollar goes a long way. All right, and happy to be joined now by Christy Holsoffel and Sam Gamble at Holsoffel Brewing. It's Louisville's new East End Brewery here, opening uh, pretty shortly, I think we all hope. Um, before we get to the brewery itself, guys, I, I know you have, um, y- you've had a lot of experience in the beverage, beverage industry, but this is your first brewery. Can you talk about your all's experience a little bit? Well, uh I actually started home brewing when I was going to school at Ohio State University, and um, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. I was studying uh, molecular genetics at the time, and uh, a lot of my friends were either going to med school or they were doing hardcore research, and neither of those options really sounded interesting to me. So one night I was surfing on the internet and came across a uh, food science program out at UC Davis, and eventually I applied to it and got in. So I, in, I studied uh, 
malting and brewing sciences and looked at fiber content in beer hmm. and graduated uh, in 2005 from there. And then uh, moved on to Miller. That's actually where I met uh, Christy. Um, I went to school not knowing what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to dental school originally and changed my mind my senior year with a biology degree and thought, you know, definitely wanted to stay in the science field, but not sure what I wanted to do. Um, I ended up moving to Cincinnati in 2003 and I got a job at Sam Adams Brewery and that was my first job um, in the industry and there I did some, uh, started off doing some packaging quality control work and it was definitely um, something I got interested in then started working more in the lab and doing um, some yeast work and some micro work there and then got a job at Miller which actually was not quite too far away stayed in the same location and then started working at Miller and then uh, like Sam had mentioned where we met and we ended up moving out west to work in Oregon together. Uh, I worked at Full Sail Brewing, and Sam was at uh, a small distillery, Hood River Distillers out there. And then as luck would have it, uh, Brown Foreman, uh, the job came up there and we moved to Louisville. So. Excellent, so it sounds like a lot, a lot of different transitions to end up in, in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you all have had a lot of experience in the manufacturing side of, of the business. Uh, sounds, I mean, it sounds like you, Christy, almost take it as a science, as, as it is, but yeah. absolutely because you you've had formal training. Um, what do you expect to be kind of, kind of the difficulty in transitioning to the operating side of the business, to actually owning a business and trying to set up the brewery as you all want it? Because I've always heard, when I, whenever I talk to brewers, they sometimes say that, you know, brewing is the easy part. It's the starting the brewery that's the hard part. I would agree with that um, in the sense that, you know, I would assume most people who start breweries have, have experience with the actual brewing side. And, you know, hopefully they're going into it with some recipes and things to make it easier when they first start out and then be able to explore from there. Uh, but, you know, when we were, I forget when we were, we were interviewed earlier a couple months ago, and, you know, one of the comments I made was, you know, I've got to figure out how I'm going to do credit card transactions. Hmm. And you wouldn't think that would be very difficult, but there's actually a lot of different options, and there's a lot of different ways that you can be charged for it. And, you know, those are the, those little details, they are the ones that end up taking a lot more time because they're just not familiar or they, uh, you know, they're just they're just things that we haven't dealt with. So you're right in that sense that um, you know you can spend a lot of time on things that are not brewing related but are essential to the business. Do you have anything to add to that? I definitely agree. Sam's um, definitely more involved in the day-to-day business of the operation since this is his. Uh, his main gig now, <laughs> but um, there are just a lot of things to the business side that I don't understand. I mean, all of my work and training has been on the production side and the brewing side of things. So, um, yeah, I just don't. I am not a marketer. I don't know anything about marketing. <laughs> I don't know anything about um, running a business. So, like taxes, things like that are all completely foreign to me. So, I'm definitely gonna highly lean on Sam for those things. 
and I will be highly leaning on <laughs> the people who we've uh, chosen to help us with those certain things. You know, luckily, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, it usually costs a little bit of money, but there's a lot of, whether it's accountants or uh, people who are good with design or marketing, you know, you partner with people who, from a personality standpoint, fit the best with you and also who know the business the best um, or the type of business you're trying to run. So, um, you know, luckily we're able to keep it somewhat small as far as who's who's actually involved with whole sopple brewing on a day-to-day thing, but there's a lot of other uh, partners that we rely on to help with uh, with all aspects of the business. Uh, speaking of brewing, what kind of system are you all working with? Well, originally we were going to be working with a, a two-barrel system that, that we've been uh, kind of piecing together for the last 10 years, but uh, as chance happens, we went to purchase some fermenters, and at the exact same time, they were trying to sell a brew house. So uh, spontaneously, we purchased the brew house, and uh, we're, we're glad we did from the respect of uh, just the amount of time it takes to, to brew. Well, the new system's a, let's say, a seven-barrel system. It, it takes about the exact same amount of time for the brew day on the seven-barrel system as it would, you know, a two-barrel system. So uh, having three times the amount of uh, beer out, out the back end is, uh, is, is a huge time saver. So um, hopefully we can implement the system and have, you know, a small learning curve as far as transitioning from the smaller to larger system and with recipes, things like that. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, you, you – Hope to see brewers come in when they open a new brewery that they have recipes on hand already. Do you have any in mind that you want to focus on? Yeah, um, there's certainly, well, over the last 10 years, we've brewed, you know, a, quite a bit of times on it. Um, I mean, when you're home brewing 70 gallons at a time, it takes a while to drink all that. <laughs> and you, you definitely try to get as many friends over to help with the process. <laughs> but, um, and, and legally, from a homebrewing standpoint, uh, it's 120 gallons per year per person who's 21 years of age. So we were allowed 240 gallons between the two of us in our hmm. household. So we never actually exceeded that amount. Um, uh, but so we'd brew maybe like three times a year. And uh, we've had uh, a lot of chances to change recipes, make tweaks, and um, do different things. But yes, we have... Uh, we're definitely we have a good a, a pale ale recipe that we feel very strongly about that we're going to be going into, and that brand's actually going to be called Alupa, which is uh, it's it's a mix of a Louisville pale ale. So hmm. it's all we made one word out of all all those others, and um, so that'll kind of we're playing on that being our lead beer, um, but obviously you know an IPA is going to be in the mix. That one we're. I feel strongly about like a base recipe, but I think that the dry hopping is where we're going to have to have some fun, try some different, you know, hops uh, on the dry hopping side to really get the floral aroma that we're looking for. Um, you know, luckily we're going to be opening near Christmas time, and we have uh, a brand or have a uh, recipe for a, a seasonal beer. We call that one our holiday supporter. Okay, and uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, I think that people are, will enjoy that one uh, when it's available on draft. And then from there, we've got a, you know, we've got some other recipes. Uh, there's an English brown ale that we call uh, Bob's Blessing. Hmm. 
and uh, it's it's not a traditional. It's definitely not an American brown ale. It's it's more concentrated on the malty characteristics and has more of a chocolatey, um, coffee esque kind of character to it. And uh, and then uh, we'd like to do some lagers too at some point. Um, a pilsner, and then uh, one of my favorite we uh, is called the Dunk Apple. Hmm. So it's a Dunkel. That is uh, made by wholesale. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, this is—it's going to be a really great experience as far as being able to brew more often. Um, my largest complaint, as far as you know, the past ten years is how infrequently I've been able to do it. So I would say that I spent more time concentrating on the, the process side, which I try to improve a process thing each time I brewed, and maybe didn't get as much experience with raw materials whereas now maybe i have you know the process under control and raw material wise i'll be able to experiment and change things and tweak things and be able to see that what small differences i make from a recipe standpoint how that turns out uh, from flavor standpoint are there any beers that you just don't like brewing at all Or, or, or maybe, maybe based on taste, maybe based on, on difficulty of actually making just something that you don't really plan on having here. Well, I'll tell you one thing is that Christy is a microbiologist. <laughs> <and> okay. She, <laughs> she is not a fan of Britannomyces. No, I am not uh, into the like super sour and just, I'm, I'm not into the Brit beers at all. Okay. So <laughs> I just don't, I mean, people love that it's kind of a love-hate thing with them and i'm not one of the lovers i am not a fan it, it takes it takes a while to get into them um i just started appreciating them more yeah i, I can dr- i can finish one now yeah and, <laughs> and, and i do like them like so, some are really good and, and i'll finish them and i'll appreciate it but before just you know a year ago i, I was having with them and i just i didn't enjoy them it, yeah at all <laughs> didn't taste like beer to me I think that those beers are still going through um, the, their maturation, and uh, I think as they figure out how to blend those types of beers better, because some of them you drink and it's, and it, it, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but it's almost like bile. It's so it's yeah. so acidic. It's so the aroma on it is like stomach acid almost to me. And I think you'll find people blending those more with non-soured beers to try to take that uh, that those harsh notes away. Yeah, and that, this this was a question that always interests me that I, I like to ask because sometimes w- with new breweries, I'm always curious to see that. Always curious to see if the brewers want to make a beer that is marketable that they don't really like, or they only want to concentrate on beers that they like and make. So it just depends on the area, I guess. But it's always just fascinating me. Yeah, I think um, there are gonna we we do want to focus on having a, a wide range of beers. Like that's one of the things that I think is really important of the tap room to have beers that everyone can enjoy you know um, we're not going to have all super hoppy beers you know we want to you know like sam had mentioned having some of the lagers and you know lower alcohol easy drinking more session type beers Um, so you know you can bring a friend who's not super into craft beer who may you know drink beers once in a while but maybe it's just a miller light Mm -hmm. well we don't want them to come here and not have anything to drink and never come back you know we don't want to you know have a market exclusive yeah you don't want to alienate anybody away i guess exactly so we we definitely want to have a range of beers available um and it is fun i think for us to make different beers even though we may not drink them all the time 
um, but to have a wide range of things just so everyone can have you know a little bit of something sure it's, it's important and that it kind of depends on the area that you're in as i mentioned we're, we're on the east end of louisville and for those that are listening that are not familiar with the louisville area um, there, there aren't many craft options out here as far as breweries go. I mean, you have Third Turn a little bit more east than here, but um, I would say you're kind of the, the, the gateway into the, the east end here in Linden. Do you, do you anticipate any problems, um, any kind of problems with that where, where you're located, about like the, the clientele that you're trying to get here? I mean, I, I like the east end, but admittedly it's not, you know, it's not the same type of place as you know, the, the Highlands um, or Nulu where it's so walkable. You know, uh, when we, we live close to here, so that's one of the reasons why we kind of picked the location, I mean, from a convenience standpoint. However, you know, the more we kind of looked at it, it does, Linden's kind of a neat little community where, you know, we have this, you know, commercial area here at, you know, the intersection of uh, uh, LaGrange and uh, Linden Lane and New LaGrange. Um, but there's a pretty there's a pretty dense residential population oh, yeah. all around here. So I, I would, I, I really hope that we can uh, become kind of the, the residential brewery for, for this area. And, you know, my goal would be to have most of our sales coming from people that live, you know, in a five mile radius. Sure. And, and of course you're going to want to draw the people who are really into craft and who want to go drive out this way uh, to try some different beers and, we would like to, you know, going back to brewing different types of beers, you know, Christie's right. Yeah, we want to have uh, a Pilsner, for instance, that's on draft that everyone can walk in here and be like, I like that beer, or, you know, regardless of what type of beer drinker you are. We also want to have some beers in here that are unique and different so that someone who lives, you know, 20 minutes away is like, man, I heard this beer's <laughs> good, and we want to roll over there and check it out. So, you know, that's... We don't have a huge space here, you know, we have, I mean, I think we're limited, uh, I think we're going to have like 36 seats, you mm -hmm. know, so, um, you know, do, are we expecting crowds of a couple hundred people? No, you know, but we, we're hoping that we can get people in here that uh, after work they want to come by and relax with some friends or, uh, you know, stop in and, uh, and watch some, we are going to have a TV here, so we, you mm -hmm. know, be able to show different either football or basketball games, things like that. So hopefully we can make it a, uh, an environment that people can uh, enjoy, relax in, and be able to, you know, have some tasty beverages. When, when I first came in here before, before we started recording, I did mention that I used to work in Westport Village, and uh, which is, you know, two minutes away from here. I absolutely would have come here on a Friday after I got off work because we used to go to uh, Boom Baza Pizzeria and it, it was fine. They have a good option of beers, but at the same time, I, I prefer these types of places, these these brewery type settings, and I think we all would have enjoyed that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I'm jealous that you weren't there then. I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> sad that I'm not there right now. <laughs> well, you're welcome at any point, any Friday or any other day <laughs> of the week we're open. Absolutely, and, and that's a good question. Do you do you have an idea of what days you might be open? Well, we're. Uh, Starting out, we're looking at being open uh, Tuesday through Friday, uh, four to, or, well, yeah, Tuesday through Saturday, uh, Tuesday through Friday, four to 10, and then Saturday, uh, 12 to 10. Uh, those hours aren't etched in stone or anything mm -hmm. like that, but we're definitely, at, on the onset, we're going to take off Sunday and, and Monday um, just to have a couple days in a row there for, for us and our staff to, to have two days off in a row. Are there any breweries 
local to Louisville or otherwise and in your travels everywhere that inspire you, that you think about as you're trying to grow this business? So it doesn't have to be, I mean... It doesn't, it doesn't have to be local to Louisville. It can be anywhere. Well, we... Christy and I had some great experiences out near Portland, Oregon. Um, we lived in Hood River for four years, and I mean that town has, I think, a permanent population of 8,000 people, and they have, what, six breweries? <laughs> like, uh, it's more than that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable the culture... Uh, the brewing culture that exists, especially, I mean, let's West Coast, but especially the Northwest. I mean, if if you're a beer lover and you want to uh, go on a vacation, just go to Portland, Oregon, and it doesn't matter where you go, just book a, book a hotel room and start walking, and you're probably going to hit 10 different breweries on your walk. It's, it's amazing. So I would say not necessarily there's one place that from a, like a, business that has influenced us I think that it's more of like a regional culture that mm -hmm. has made us you know that we would like to mimic that I mean for instance building awesome relationships with other brewers we would love to focus on you know collaborations or things like that with other local Louisville breweries and sharing as much information possible as far as maybe not necessarily recipes but like from a quality control and process side where we can all flourish and become better um, you know, we just met with uh, the Kentucky uh, Guild of Brewers mm -hmm. recently, and um, like that's a great organization. I mean, they they're definitely that's the step that's the way they want to go, and um, you know, build build relationships amongst these different businesses. And the other part about the Northwest that's really great are the the consumers. I mean, I've never seen a place where people want to purchase things and are willing to pay more for local products, you know, whether it's uh, the local hog farmer buying their bacon or the, the you know, the beer, um, food. I mean, it's, people are absolutely interested in buying whatever's local. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's definitely happening in Louisville. It has a ways to go though. And that's, that's what's really fun about it is that I think that between the beer scene and the local food scene and, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it's just it's just going, going in the right direction. Yeah, Louisville's absolutely heading in the right direction, and uh, y you're right. It's not at the Northwest standards yet, uh, but it's getting there. And I think y'all are part of this foundation that's being built in the last you know decade or so, and then in the next decade to come. Um, but actually, speaking of you know the KGB Kentucky Guild of Brewers and the um, other local breweries has has there been any local breweries that have come out to help you already just in setting things up or have you visited with anybody well we've uh we've well we met with the kgb and uh and that was a great experience we've met with uh great flood and the guys over there they've got some exciting things going on i mean talk about you know I mean, what have they been open two years maybe at this point? And mm -hmm. they have a, a successful business over there off Bardstown Road. And then, you know, the investment they're making and, and the production facility is, I mean, it's, you look at the city of Louisville as far as breweries and you have, you have Goodwood who's, uh, you know, a production brewery and uh, you've got some of these smaller guys coming on, but there's not a huge infrastructure for production brewing mm -hmm. in Louisville. So, I mean, uh, Great Flood's going to, they're going to kill it when they get the, they get the canning line up and running and they start, you know, selling it or getting it out, you know, whether it's to convenience stores or the grocery stores, things like that. I mean, they're, they're in a great spot right now. And 
you know, hopefully, and I'm sure every one of the other breweries around or feel this way, but I'm sure that they're hoping that they can see the same growth and maybe make similar investments and things like that. But, um, yeah, we so far, all the interactions we've had with the breweries uh, here in Louisville has been very positive. All right, guys, I'm not going to keep you here for too much longer. I know you have a pretty busy day today. When is the anticipation date to open? So we're hoping on um, late November time frame. Um, it all depends on our permitting, when that gets back. Obviously, we have to wait to brew until we get those. So uh, once those come in and we're approved, everything looks good, um, then we'll need to brew, get some inventory, and then, you know, I'd say probably a month from that date. So, you know, we're looking at late November. All right. Christy, Sam, I really appreciate uh, you letting me come here today and seeing your place, uh, especially today. It's, it's October 1st, and I understand that's a pretty important day to you all. Yeah, it's our son, Monroe. It's his first birthday today. So That's awesome. Well, then I, I definitely appreciate you coming <laughs> in and, and letting me interview you all. So. No problem. Thank you. Look forward to you all opening. Yeah, thank you.